Hour two is here on this Friday edition of Snowman in the Morning, closing out your week in style. And I couldn't think of a better way to kick off hour two than to have one of my good buddies joining me to talk some broadcast shop. Andrew Fish Fane is now on the hotline. Yo, Fish, what's going on? How are you, Snowman? You always kicking it real, my friend? Always. That's how the program that's began. That's what I love to hear. That, that, that's yeah, how exactly. The, that's how the program began, and that's what that's what I always do. And you checked out the show Thursday, and I got a lot of pushback when I said the NBA needs to bring back the Seattle Supersonics. I got a lot of people that agreed with that statement. I still think the Supersonics need to come back. I completely agree with you. I think Seattle got completely hosed and caught in a financial crunch that didn't need to happen when it happened. I love, don't get me wrong, I think Oklahoma City is actually a great city to have a, a team, mm. but I think Seattle needs to come back. I think they need to expand and Seattle needs to get a team. Yeah, I think Seattle needs to get a team also. And they shouldn't have had, they were in a financial crunch, yes, but at the same time, you just don't move and wipe out 41 years of history which is what the Sonics had. Absolutely. And, and you know, you, you go back and you look, even before Peyton and Kemp, you look back to the Jack Sigma days, you know, in 1979, the team won a championship with Lenny Wilkins as the coach. You don't, you, you don't just wipe that out. You're right. You really don't. And I'm still getting pushed back from that, but I don't care. They need, they, there needs to be, there needs to be the Seattle Supersonics. And you can't name a team anything else in Seattle but the Supersonics because that's what historians like you and I grew up watching. We grew up seeing the Seattle Supersonics. Absolutely, and it's sort of like exactly what happened in the NFL. Browns moved to Baltimore, became the Ravens. A new team came in, and they were the Cleveland Browns again, and that's exactly the way it should happen. A new team should come in as the Sonics and keep the old Seattle Supersonics history. The Thunder history should start when they became Oklahoma City and not count all that stuff in Seattle. It should go back to Seattle. And a shared history I didn't like when Oklahoma City moved, when they made that agreement of a shared history. And what people don't realize, it's an agreement that Oklahoma City has never honored. Right. I, yeah, I would say I don't see a Gary Payton jersey hanging in the rafters there, as it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they never honored that agreement of, of a shared history. And while we're talking broadcast shop on this Friday, one of my favorite voices voiced the Sonics in Kevin, Kevin Calabro. He's with the Portland Trailblazers now. But whenever I saw highlights, especially that Lister Blister, as it's now more commonly known, I heard Kevin Calabro's voice. <laughs> I heard Kevin Calabro's voice. Absolutely. And he was one of the best, and it still is. And it's fantastic that he's still working. And he just moved a couple you know, a couple hundred miles down south to Portland. But uh, there are certain certain voices you you associate with certain teams, mm-hmm. whether it's Tommy Heinsohn in Boston, Chick Hearn, rest his soul, in L.A., or Kevin Calabro in Seattle. Yeah. Jim Durham with the Bulls. For 18 Absolutely. Years. Harry and, 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 I, and I know Jim Durham is one of is one of your one of the guys that got that one of the reasons why you got into this business because yep. of him. Jim Durham is the reason I got into this business. I mean, I also had Wayne Larravee when he voiced the Bears. Um, Pat Foley, he's the television voice of the Blackhawks, but he was the simulcast voice of the Blackhawks when I grew up. But so many vo- so many voices were influences of mine. And like I said, the main voice for me is Jim Durham. 
but you also, for me, had Vince Scully. You had Jack Buck, and his son Joe is going into the Hall of Fame with Jack Buck. So congrats to them both. And I know Jack's looking down at the great job that Joe has done. And what it's also made me realize that as much as people hate on Joe Buck, Joe's put in the work for 25 years. He absolutely has, and he's been brilliant. And, you know, you mentioned a father and son. It's just really a shame that, that Marty Brenneman was so great for the Reds for so many years, and Tom Brenneman, who has been a great announcer, really just ruined his career with one yep. statement yep. Uh, during a baseball game. And he, he was absolutely a fantastic announcer, taking the, the personal aside, and it's just a shame that his career got ruined because of that one statement. Now, on the other hand, I'm not condoning what he said by any stretch of the imagination, no. but it, it's just a shame because he was another one of those announcers that you love listening to. It's one. He was one of those that brought you home on, on a summer weeknight with Reds baseball for many years, just as Marty did with WLW uh, in, in Cincinnati. It's just a shame that those two couldn't be another father-son team that's in the Hall of Fame because of the career suicide that Tom Brenneman has, uh, Tom Brenneman committed with one statement, like you said, and I talked about it on this program. And with me, I stay old school to what I do. I watch what I, I watch what I say, but I also um, get, I also get my message across the play-by-play is what I loved doing, first of all, before I kicked off this show seven years ago. But at the same time, in getting my point across and not holding anything back and always kicking real, you got to show some respect for the people that listen to you. Absolutely, and there's no question. And you have to be very mindful of everybody, and especially in this day and age. And part of that bothers me because... I, like you, I'm old school when it, when it was okay to say certain things that people wouldn't get offended so easily. But you have to remember the times that we live in now. Right. And, and you have to be mindful of that. And you have to respect people. And it's all about respect. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, it, 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 it's such a shame that one thing can ruin a career. It happened to Al Campanis, that one statement that he made, yes. as horrible as it was uh, on day, on uh, Dateline, I think it was, with Ted Koppel. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Jimmy the Greek, who was uh, the, the old CBS uh CBS guy, the, the odds maker for CBS football, same thing, ruined his career with one statement. Mm-hmm. Again, a statement that was really out of line, but still, it, it just seems so weird that you can put in all this time and all this effort and be so good at what you do and just completely kill it with one thing. Yeah, and, and you and I have both seen it through the years. You just mentioned Al Campana, Jimmy the Greek. They're not the only two that have committed career suicide. I had someone ask me after... I did my snowman's take on Tom Brenneman. They they asked me, with some of the things that you've seen over the course of 25 years, would you dare voice them on air? No, because the number one rule for me that my mentor taught me, the mic is always hot. Absolutely. It was the, the, the three rules are the mic is always hot, there's no cheering in the press box, and be very mindful of what you say. Mm-hmm. No cheering in the press box. I kind of broke. I got to tell this story. I broke that rule in 2014 when the school I was covering, Marquette Catholic High School, got to the state championship in Indianapolis. And they told the guys in charge at, um, I was about to say Market Square Arena, Banker's Life Fieldhouse, told me, look, you can't cheer. I know this is your team, but you can't cheer for them. And I turned and looked at him and he had this smile on his face. And I said, how do you know? Then I cheer for it. He said, I caught some of your games throughout the course of the year, and they've had a great season. And I'm just sitting there going, I'm in trouble. 
<laughs> but, but people have to remember, there's a difference between cheering for a team and being emotional when something good or something huge happens, because those are some of the greatest moments. Yep. Like uh, the Kirk Gibson home run. It, you know, I, I think that instantly always, because one of my favorite calls, mm-hmm. Vince Scully was not cheering for the Dodgers, but he let the emotion of the moment come out. Yep. And of course, he let it play out with some great silence as well. Yeah. But. So there's a difference between cheering for your team and being emotional when an, when an amazing moment happens. Yeah, it is. And like you said, Vince Scully's silence told the whole story when Dodger Stadium was just bonkers. And after Gibson rounded the bases, he even waited a few minutes after that before he spoke. And he had the perfect line, in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. And they were still at full throat. And, and not only that, but it, it, what's so great is never in my life have I heard a call by two different announcers be so amazing yep. because the Jack Buck call was just as good. Yes. And, and, and people, it, it, it's not referenced as much as the Vince Scully call, but it is still referenced. And it was just two calls, same play, mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. I can't believe what I just saw. I have borrowed that line so many times in the games that I've covered over, over the years. And... Jack Buck looked at his partner. They were they were doing the game for CBS Radio, and I just remember Jack saying, "Is this really happening?" <laughs> <laughs> I just remember Jack saying, "Is this really happening?" But if there's one call aside of that one by Jack Buck, if there's one call that really gets me every time, we got to go to 1991 with Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett's home run and the oh, signature. See you tomorrow night. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the best part about that was, I believe it was the 2011, maybe 2012 game, World Series. 2011 Cardinal Game Six. With, yep. It was Joe Buck borrowed it from his father, and I thought <laughs> that was absolutely incredible. That I, I got to tell you, I was one of the people that didn't like Joe Buck on first um, on first hearing him. And then seeing him, but then realizing what he does and what I do is the same thing. He just does it for television. That call in 2011 with David Freeze's walk-off endeared me to him, okay? Because he did it when he wasn't at full throat. He was going through an illness. And all I could just remember seeing him strain that out and his dad pushing him through to the 11th inning. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, you know, it's funny because I am completely with you. When At, at first brush, I was not a huge Joe Buck fan at all. Mm-hmm. And he has very much grown on me. And the more I've listened to him, the more I think, you know what? This guy is absolutely a Hall of Fame announcer. Yep. And I, I don't think that I would enjoy sports as much as I do without him. Now, my favorite announcer of all time, and no one's ever going to change my mind, is Gus Johnson. Oh. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Oh. I, it's like I, I want him to read the eulogy at my funeral. He's that good. <laughs> I have been compared to one Gus Johnson on a few occasions because Gus doesn't care. Gus lets it all out. Every Saturday and, afternoon, and I love it. And he and, and, and he had one of the greatest lines, and I don't know if, he, if, if this is why he left CBS for Fox or not, but it was uh, the Titans and Chris Johnson, CJ2K, and he broke away and, and just started going down the, down the sideline and broke away from everybody, and <laughs> Gus Johnson said, he's got running from the cop speed. <laughs> and it was just one of the greatest lines I've ever heard. When you're a play-by-play announcer, 
there's a lot of improvisation that goes on. Lord knows I can I can attest to that. <laughs> Lord knows I can I can attest to that because I had a line of my own in 2012 with the now famous in Chicago Marist Miracles because no one expected Marist High School for their basketball team to get as far as they did. And when I uttered the words, it ain't midnight yet, y'all, after the second Marist Miracle, the next thing I knew, two nights later, they turned that into a sign and they unfurled it in the Marist cheering section. That is awesome. And that is a great line, too. It ain't midnight yet. Mm-hmm. That is just brilliant. And, and that's why you are who you are and you do what you do. That's exactly it. And I've had so much fun this going into what is now my 25th year in doing this. Had some moments over, over, over 25 years and had some of my favorite calls, and I've borrowed a lot of them from some of the announcers that I've listened to. Who are some of the guys, aside of the ones that we mentioned that you list, that, that you listened to, that like put a bug in your ear? Believe it or not, because I'm not a huge hockey guy, but Bob Miller of the L.A. Kings mm-hmm. has, has really has, has just the way he broadcasts it. I'm, I'm very much also of an analyst guy because I love what the analysts bring to the table. Right. So when I when I hear another guy, it's very recent, and I was shocked that this guy was as good as he is. Tony Romo, I think, is absolutely phenomenal at the yeah. job that he does. Yeah. Uh, you know, he calls plays before they happen. Mm-hmm. It, it is absolutely fantastic. And so a lot, a lot of those guys, uh, Stu Lance, who used to be Chick's other side, yes. doesn't get a lot of credit. Stu Lance, absolutely phenomenal. And what he, what he had to do, because at the end of his career, rest his soul, poor Chick was beginning to lose it. And mm-hmm. Stu had to keep him in line all the time. Yeah. And he just did such a great job of doing that. So I was a huge Stu Lance fan. So I, I like a lot of, like I said, I like a lot of the analyst guys because that's much more my role than the, than the lead play-by-play guy because yeah. I like to be able to jump in but not have to have the responsibility of taking the whole thing. And I am way too emotional a person to be able to be the play-by-play guy because I would lose it in the first or second <laughs> inning. Uh, Stu Lance to Chick Hearn is what Johnny Kerr was to Jim Durham for many, exactly. many years. And I grew up listening to Johnny Kerr and Jim Durham and watching them for many years. I have so many games on my computer. My my wife came in, she saw me watching an old Bulls game and it went to halftime and they showed a shot of Jim Durham and Johnny Kerr courtside. She turned and looked at me and all she said was, I understand now. Because when hmm. Jim Durham passed away in 2012, even to this day, it hurts my heart because that was the guy that got me started. Absolutely. And there is not a better guy you could have picked than a guy like Jim Durham, who is not only a fantastic play-by-play guy, but a fantastic human being. Indeed. And that really, that does that does me good to know that a lot of these play-by-play guys are absolutely phenomenal people. Chick, uh, Vince Scully is another guy yes. who's a phenomenal person. I Unfortunately, Chick Hearn was a bit of a cantankerous sort, so he wasn't the greatest person off the camera. But Vin and, and Jim Durham, absolutely wonderful human beings. Yes. And I just wish I had a chance to meet J.D. before he passed away. But like I carry my dad in my heart, I carry Jim Durham in my heart for every basketball game or baseball game or football game that I covered because that was the guy that got me started. And to close this out, I had the pleasure five years ago of meeting one of my other heroes 
in Wayne Larravee. He's the current voice of the Packers, but when I first got to know him, he was the voice of the Bears. So I had the pleasure of meeting him, oddly enough, in Indianapolis at um, Hinkle Fieldhouse. And, and it, you know, it's fantastic when you can when you can be on both sides of the rivalry because I know that that uh, Harry Carey used to do the Cardinals, then he yep. went to the Cubs. When you can see both sides of the rivalry from an announcer's point of view, it's pretty fantastic. It is. It really is. Andrew Fish Fane joining me, talking some broadcast shop. Been too long since I had him on. We're going to make this as as off. I'm going to have Fish on as often as possible and when you know it it's for a great friday edition of snowman in the morning a pleasure to have you on brother i love you keep doing what oh, you're doing uh, right back at you you too my friend you just, you just keep kicking it real like always and you will you will absolutely reach the moon my friend you're the best i appreciate you thank you so much take care one of my favorite guys one of my favorite people he always has been in my corner and there's a it's a very small circle of people that have been in my corner for this entire ride, which is now reaching its 25th year, and it hasn't even begun to reach its zenith. I got more for you on the second hour of Snowman in the Morning, back in a flash.